It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode five of Survivor China. But it's not just that; it is the 100th episode asterisk we think of the RHAP B&B. We have hit triple digits, baby! And much like in Survivor China, when they were asked to send the two strongest tribe members over to the other tribe, I have brought in two of the strongest people in the podcast game to break down this episode first. The person who has been here every step of the way with me for apparently 100 episodes of the B&B, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm great. Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting. Celebrating our hopefully potentially anniversary. And we're going to do it because nothing's finer than watching Survivor China. <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> Don't ask. Also, I went back and rewrote ones for the other episodes because we didn't do it. So okay, right, let's, say, I let's wasn't, hear it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I wasn't bored, EO, watching Borneo. <laughs> We're Australian out back at it again. <laughs> okay. That's right, so far, and, so good. And then come through, Marquesis. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Marquesas. Yes, Marquesas. Or Marquesas. Yes. <laughs> uh, what about right, last I'm week? <laughs> did you come up with one for last week? Yeah, I think I did. I had one last week. I think I said it on the podcast. I'm San Juan Del Surely oh, happy to be here or something. <laughs> well, already, uh, I, I'm so excited for whatever motto will come into this episode and for future weeks to follow. And of course, for our 100th episode, we had to bring on a legendary guest, not only in the B&B community, but the RHAP community at large, Ali Lasher. Welcome back to the B&B. How are you? Liana, however long Liana's been living with Puya, we can officially declare it's been too long. Uh, <laughs> after that, I'm great. I'm honored to be here. I feel like you guys are celebrating a, a special anniversary and I'm the third you're bringing in to spice things up to remind you how much you're truly grateful to actually be with each other and not me. Uh I, I'm I'm thrilled. Wait, is that is that how you celebrate an anniversary <laughs> typically? Because uh, we're recording this spoiler on the day of my wedding anniversary, and now I realize what I should have gotten as a gift. Apparently, well, we did talk. It is the you know I can't make that joke. That's that's more of a you joke, Mike. I can't do it. <laughs> I backed out. <laughs> Wait, what was the joke? I can't do it. <laughs> Mike, figure it out. I need to know. I don't know. This is like long division trying to figure out the logic of this missing joke. <laughs> well, it's it's the it's we talked about this, the five year anniversary. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Theme yeah, yeah. is what? <laughs> 
the theme is wood. Yeah, also, I like the concept of the next Agatha Christie novel being like the mystery of the hidden joke, the missing joke or something. Yeah, like I like that. that. The next like Hercule Poirot novel is like he has to figure out the inside joke that he didn't he wasn't in on. It has to figure out the circumstances of it. Oh, am I yeah. supposed to reference a, a great mystery writer? Uh, it's like the next uh, Knives Out 2. <laughs> figure out the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not so high brow. I'm like the B and B here. <laughs> I, I like in order of like whatever special whatever novelist Mike said, which is like truly like he actually knows what he's talking about. Me, Agatha Christie, common reference enough. You could get it, and then Allie going knives out too, baby. Well, I could reference um, Cam Jansen, which are great young adult <laughs> uh, children's books that I used to read in third grade. Uh, and she used to solve crimes with her photographic memory. So how about that? Does that work? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I did not know. I knew about, like, obviously your Nancy Drews and your Hardy Boys. I didn't realize that Kim Jansen has, like, I don't know, this super-powered kid being able to solve crimes. I'm looking this up. I mean, the books were, like, 12 pages each, to be clear. <laughs> Maybe that's why she had a photographic memory, because it's like she remembered things clear as day to make the, the book go faster. Well, I'm oh, mortified. Yeah, <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of them now. Uh, Cam Jansen, The Mystery of the Haunted House. Cam Jansen and The Mystery of the Television Dog. That was a great one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one we really should be reading. That one sounds exciting. Uh, yeah, no Mystery of the Hidden Joke, though. Ages 7 uh, to 11. Well, <laughs> you're, the, you're those age limits are they're an encouragement, not a requirement. So I think we're okay. So suffice it to say, we have a very special episode of the B&B here as we keep going through our time traveling, because apparently it's the hundredth episode as told to us by a listener. This is sort of like when you adopt a pet and you don't really know when the pet was born. So you're like, okay, I'm going to assume this is your birthday. So we're going to celebrate your fifth birthday here. This might be episode 100 if our math is correct. And in honor of the occasion, and also to cop an idea from Ali's uh, fantastic challenge podcast, Liana, we're doing a drinking game for the B&B. That's right. So the way that this is going to work is we are each going to be playing with our own set of rules that we have individually come up with. So like I have a set of rules that I'm going to be playing with and I'm not going to tell Mike or Allie what my rules are and the same is going to go for them. So we're all going to be playing our own little drinking games and then at the end I believe we will be revealing all of the rules that we've been playing with thus far. Right, because I think like if one of our rules was, you know, somebody says uh, bamboo, then we could very easily skew the game like that one episode of How I Met Your Mother, right? By saying bamboo, bamboo, bamboo. Uh, And so maybe what we can do also is provide our drinking game rules in the show notes. So if people want to play along with one of us, they can stop the podcast now and check it out. But for the sake of not showing our cards, we're going to all keep our own individual rules. But Allie, this is an interesting role for you because you have only really done this podcast drinking game as like uh, a giver out of the rules, not a participant. Yeah, and I famously don't actually like to play drinking games like this because I never like it's like looking at the list, looking at the rules, listening to the thing. But what I like about this is I've made all of the rules, right? Like usually, and sorry to the audience, usually when you get like a drinking game list for, you know, the Tonys or the Oscars or whatever, it's like you're not familiar with the rules enough to really catch them each time. But since I wrote my own rules, I've already, we've already tripped. I myself have tripped a lot of my own rules in the first five minutes of this podcast. So uh, I'm very excited. Also, what I like is, you know, we're doing a podcast, uh, 
people have sometimes written rules or suggested like, oh, you know, drink every time like Allie's a jerk or whatever, like rules for listening to the challenge podcast as opposed to rules for the challenge episode, which we have not done because mm. as podcasters, I think it's harder to know what the rules would be. And I don't want to open myself up to get roasted by the listeners. But you, you two brave souls have opened yourselves up to get roasted by me. Someone who's going to be who has been listening to your podcast and will be able to sort of call out the repeat themes. Um, but luckily, I'm not a troll. So we're just having fun. It's not going to be annoying like that. But I think it's going to be interesting for you guys what you think uh, the rules should be of your own podcast versus me as a listener being like, I actually know what you guys say and do. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Like the observation versus the actual uh, perception. So I know that Ali is uh, indulging in a mocktail today. I personally, my drink of choice is some nice rum and coke, uh, even though we're not doing Survivor Pearl Island. It very much goes along with that pirate theme. Liana, what about you? I have, well, technically it's sparkling wine. It's not actually champagne, but I haven't popped it yet. And some of my rules have been triggered. So I want to go ahead and pop this on air because it's fun that way. Woo! 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 That was fun. All right. That was so fun. <laughs> Good. Oh, as long as it like I was afraid there were going to be disastrous consequences from it. I had a towel just in case. <laughs> okay. Well, let's 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 let the alcohol and non-alcohol flow and actually get into this episode of Survivor because this is our first, you know, swappy doodle episode that we're talking about in this <laughs> rewatch and it's one of the bigger ones. This is infamously the one in Survivor China where, you know, two people swap tribes, but I think the more infamous thing it's known for is Jamie and PG throwing the immunity challenge to boot Aaron. It was a moment that reverberates in Survivor swap history. I'd love to ask both of you. So I guess first, like, what's your overall perception of Survivor China? And secondly, what was it like to revisit this episode, I guess, in that context? Well, for me, I really like Todd as a winner. And so I really like the season, especially because there are so many fun characters. Like you get Courtney, you get Amanda, James, Jean Robert, even PG. Uh, and so for me, this is a very character heavy season with some strategy because you get a lot of that from Todd. Uh, but when I think of Survivor China, I always think of the characters. Allie, what's, what's your, what are your thoughts about Survivor China? Yeah, I honestly, like, Liana just took all of the words out of my mouth on this. It's like, it was such a fun, I mean, I had high aspirations of watching the first four episodes also, and I just time got away from me. So, uh, I, I have not watched Survivor China since 2007, and I'm trying to place myself wow. in 2007. I was, what, a sophomore, junior? I graduated high school in 2009, so I was... Just starting my junior year, probably. Who cares? Um, and and I know year. you guys have talked about this, but like, I had no idea that anybody else was watching this. Like, this was such a show mm. that I loved that I watched with my grandma, and nobody watched it. And if we talked about it, if you said you watched it, people are like, "Oh, you still watching that?" And I'm like, "Yes, it's amazing." Um, and nothing really has changed. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were a witch in high <laughs> I didn't school. Didn't understand. <laughs> Uh, that other people, other weirdos like me, like you guys were out there also watching this. So it's been very interesting to go back, like when I watched Amazon for 32 fans or, or whatever in quarantine, going back and, and revisiting these seasons. Same thing stands out. Like I was like, oh my God, this is like the best reunion ever. Courtney, John Robert, James. I'm obsessed with James. I don't understand why James isn't like a five time returner, like 
why mm-hmm. he's not on every season. Honestly, I'm so obsessed with James. <laughs> uh, Amanda just it kept a frosty like all of these people that you just remember so well, even though I haven't been with them in 13 years uh, on China. So um, I was really excited. And it's honestly so surprising and it shouldn't be anymore. Like how watchable Survivor is at every stage um, like that. I could just jump in five episodes into a, a season that was quick math 30 seasons ago. Oh my God. And be thoroughly entertained the entire episode and not skip a beat. Like that's amazing. Yeah, and I think that going back to the James thing, because I will say that I think this episode is like a great microcosm of why James was such a popular castaway at the time. Like around, I think, season 12 is when they brought in, you know, the fan favorite prize. And for the first couple seasons, it was a car until the whole Yao Man Dreams thing happened. And then it started to become money. And James won like two of those prizes in a row. And it speaks towards, especially in China, how it was like the simultaneous. Him as a personality, how this grave digger is just like this very blunt but very jocular guy. Like, I have so many James quotes written down because he's so damn quotable. But at the same time, in China, he had this underdog story, right? Especially starting with this episode. You know, the first few episodes, he was like the guy that didn't really get along with people. He was used to talking with cadavers, not with actual breathing people. And so he was not one that really could buff up his social skills. But now he's in this situation where he is completely screwed and then he gets the two idols. And I guess to sort of refer to your point, Ali, I do wonder if just the reason why he's not coming back time and time again is heroes versus villains. And watching this episode also gives a bit of shade as to, you know, what happened in heroes versus villains, where James was portrayed as some would say a villain. Some would say maybe just more of an asshole. But it's very clear from this episode, especially from Tribal Council, that James, no matter what, does not like to lose. And granted, I think his standards for winning might be a bit high, especially as a Survivor contestant. But I can imagine being on that Heroes Tribe and losing those first two challenges. That's when his anger comes out. And that's what his frustration comes out with Stephanie. Add that with an injury on top of it that causes them to lose more. And you can see that James did not have the best time in Heroes versus Villain which I think reflects on his edit as well and probably subsequently refers to why he wasn't coming back time and time again after that. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think, though, the fact that he is someone who likes to win so much, like you can tell that that's right up Probst's alley. Like he just he wants people that are going to want to win and his complete disgust at throwing the immunity challenge in this episode, both Jeff Probst and James, I think we're on the same page uh, with the behavior from Jamie and PG. That's interesting because You know, especially in light of what we just saw in season 40 with with the gender conversation and with Sarah Lucina, um, like. It's fascinating to go back and watch this where Jeff has now apologized for being I don't even know what to say. Unfair to women, wh- whatever Jeff has said. I'm not I'm just trying to summarize. I'm not trying to put anything on him. I, I, mean, I would say like implicit, implicit bias. bias great. Um And I feel like I saw that in this tribal in the sense that PG is actually and I guess I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But like PG makes a really strong, risky, but smart and well-planned game move. And Jeff is like doing a TJ Lavin, like unwilling to see. And I love TJ Mm. unwilling to see the merit of like not giving a thousand percent. And it's just like, oh, yeah, like pathetic. Like you, you should you should be always trying to win. But as PG says, like. I can lose a few battles. I'm trying to win the war. So I almost feel like Jeff siding with James there is is very season 15 Jeff. And maybe Jeff would have like a more nuanced perspective of it um, in season 40. Who knows? 
Well, I think that also speaks to like, you know, we hear the phrase the game has evolved so much, but this was one of the first times that I think, except maybe for the very first swap where people were like, oh, we have a majority on our tribe. Let's just throw the challenge because I agree. I think if maybe if you put two different people in the roles of PG and Jamie, it's not portrayed as negatively as it is, because this is also like a mini arc for Jamie Dugan specifically, where like she throws a challenge here and she's giggling and she's reveling in it. And then next episode, her villainy gets driven further. And then it ends at the merge when she gets duped with the fake idol, right? With the piece of wood. But it, it really shows. And obviously the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Happy fifth anniversary. Uh, but I think that, you know, the, the, what the, the conversations, uh, this week in particular have sort of revolved around is how, how much storytelling power is held in the editors and who they choose to highlight as the hero and who they choose to highlight as the villain. And I totally agree. I think it's a, it's the move to do when you're PG and Jamie, you know, to, to say, let's throw it, let's throw the next two challenges, get rid of Aaron and James. It's not their fault. They were served up, in my opinion, one one of the crappiest twists in survivor history that still makes absolutely no sense in terms of making it fair for the two people swapped over. They said, yeah, let's take advantage of this, especially when we're down in the numbers. Maybe, you know, should they have been so revelatory and it maybe not, it does feel like digging salt in the wound a little bit, especially if they're, you know, celebrating right in front of James and Aaron who are directly on the chopping block. But that being said, it was a totally sound move. I completely agree with both you, Ali and PG's logic here. Well, I think it's funny now that we've had two throwing challenge episodes in a row and Mm. to see how, you know, 10 years apart, whatever, however many years apart, like they were not only edited, but then also perceived, but then also keeping in mind the actual, people that were doing the throwing I think puts a certain spin on it right so if you're going to talk about a Christie brother throwing a challenge it's very different than PG who had such sound and solid logic um, and so I think that's interesting just to see how they were edited together I wonder how this would have been edited now like if this whole situation mm-hmm. had happened in 2020 how would that be uh, communicated because I think even Jeff still doesn't like people throwing challenges though like even though it is sound logic potentially of trying to go into the merge with even numbers and get rid of people that you know are definitely on the other side I feel like he still like Ali said kind of has a little bit of the TJ Lavin like just don't throw a challenge like don't give up on anything kind of mentality I do oh sorry well, I want I wonder if it was not as overt if it would have been edited out because we've seen circumstances right like they threw the challenge to get rid of Bradley apparently in Ghost Island when Dominic Abate did the big belly flop into the water but they didn't want to highlight it because I agree I think to a certain extent unless it's like the reason why a group loses a challenge they're not going to to highlight it instead I could see a universe where it's like oh Jean who just happened to lose and I guess Aaron and James are on the chopping block and we should get rid of Aaron because he has more connections but I think because and once again this comes down to the way that Jamie and PG actually did throw the challenge because they were so overt in it into the point where jeff was calling them out during the challenge like you couldn't hide that you can't mm-hmm. hide you know jamie throwing the the piece into the grass and pg saying uh, i do sudoku to which jamie replies fuck your sudoku uh which sounds like such a, a great quote that i want to bring into my everyday life even though i don't know many people who play <laughs> sudoku I, like yeah i don't know when you'd use that but uh yeah Ali, I'll, go ahead. I'll text you mike like once a week and be like oh look at my sudoku progress <laughs> yeah, but then, I, then i'll feel mean to be like because that's a direct prompt right for me like that's it i want you to go off on me i i just uh 
No, I was thinking the same thing as Juliana. Like, how would this be edited today? Or I don't know if it would be edited to this like this today because you've sort of convinced me that it would probably be buried. But I think a more interesting way to have edited it would have been is RPG and Jamie going to get voted out as a result? Like, right? That's sort of the, there was no mm. risk reward. It was just like, we'll risk losing the, ch- we're lo- going to lose the challenge and exactly what we want to happen is going to happen. Like, I almost wish they went down the narrative more of like, is Eric going to feel betrayed because they didn't tell him? Is he going to have these conversations with the guys and talk about tribe strength and, and be edited that way that maybe PG is going to get voted out? Uh, what's it like hung by your hoisted by your own what what is it batard oh, yeah. Hoist, hoisted okay. by your own batard is that what that means did i use that right okay yeah it's it's like <laughs> essentially like your own uh overpreening confidence ends up being your demise much like what we were talking about last episode like that's true christy like he is Ms. captain petard right now uh where he's like <laughs> i'm so good i can i can choose whether or not this tribe wins and because he's so cocky he ends up getting but voted what i out. think the reason they couldn't tell that story or, or wouldn't have chosen to is because it's unbelievable then that James is like, yeah, vote me out. And so they ended up getting a better misdirect of like James quits and still doesn't get voted out. Mm-hmm. No, I actually really like that. I do think Eric then would have been in the middle there because I I was trying to figure out whether or not they had pulled Eric before they were going to throw the challenge um, because, you know, I could see the confessional that's, of course, probably a Frankenbite, but, you know, it would be something along the lines of like, I can't believe the girls didn't tell me, you know, I guess I could consider going to the other side and voting out one of them. And you kind of get a little bit of that when he's talking with Aaron and James at the camp. So I think that's probably how that story would have been told. But do you think Eric would you, I mean Eric probably wouldn't have voted off Jamie, right? He probably would have voted off PG if he was really that peeved at them. Yeah, probably. I could see that. I can't remember if they had a close relationship or not, but you know, him and uh Jamie, we get to see in the start of the episode, it's like uh like the Garden of Eden. Without the fruit. <laughs> without the fruit. Yeah, the Garden of Eden. Which was like the Garden the of Eden had like one piece of fruit, Eric. <laughs> Had an apple. <laughs> yeah, what is the one apple that the Garden of Eden is known for? Okay, I have actually a question about that. So when Eric says that he's a virgin, Jamie says it proves he's even more trustworthy. Does it prove that he's more trustworthy specifically because he is a virgin or because he <laughs> told her that he was a virgin? Like, does virginality, is that a thing that, like, makes you more trustworthy? Well, we know virgins don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's an all-time B quote we know virgins don't lie <laughs> well I, isn't there i feel like there's a thing in like a piece of pop culture maybe it's like something out of like the horror thing with the whole virgin trope of like no one who's a virgin would actually you know say like tell the truth that you know what oh no it was from the simpsons uh that there's an end of the episode where principal skinner admits that he's a virgin they said well clearly he's not lying about it why would he actually <laughs> say that he was a virgin and lie about it so we were trusted to believe you virgins can't drive from clueless you're a virgin can't drive which is an all-time burn way harsh tie train um, <laughs> i think that's a great question though liana i think <laughs> jamie was in a hard spot here because <laughs> she said her, for they give her the facial reaction as though it's pure disgust which clearly was not her reaction to him saying that <laughs> i mean i would have that reaction to like the overshare like who asked you or just like in the water and you're like i i have to get this out there so i can know that i said it right i have not i feel like if someone asks you that question you're like i don't want to go underwater because like what are you what are you like presuming right now if you have to tell me right now that you're a virgin (laughs) 
<laughs> but but uh, I do. I think that was also kind of a messy clip of like she's getting asked these questions. She's uncomfortable and she's like, ah, yeah, I, I trust him even more now. And it's like based on nothing. I, I think it was sort of the combination of uh, un- being uncomfortable, not having to like know that information she didn't need that information and wanting to project that like i feel positive about this information yeah well in exchange like it seems like from the edited sequence of events to your point ali it seems like he says i'm a virgin he goes great there's an idol like that's not a direct one-for-one exchange of information What? Did I miss that? Yeah, like in after they had this whole little thing where you know Jamie's like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I can't find anything that's wrong with him. In response, Jamie's like, All right, now that I trust in you so much, I'll let you know that there's a hidden immunity idol around here somewhere. Which feels like the oddest way to to, like give information. (laughs) The weirdest like uh, quid pro quo. I do think people say that though. That if you like share about your life, you can build trust. That like saying something that is like a private fact like artificially creates like an environment of trust in the game. So in that way, I thought it was like a good, I don't think he was thinking about that. Um, I'm also workshopping like a, is that an idol or is it just your wood anniversary? (laughs) Perfect. Don't need to change a word. Is that your idol or is that your wood anniversary? (laughs) Just your wood anniversary. No, I love this strategy of telling people like some deep secret about you. <laughs> like, I, you know, I have something to tell you. Like, I only have eight toes, <laughs> you know, and wow. then like, all right, that's... well, I'll let you know I have an extra vote for the next year tribal council. <laughs> Let's go around and create a, a fake sense of trust in this podcast. Please reveal your deepest secrets to me. Thank you. That's a good game. I have eight toes. <laughs> no, I don't know. What would be my secret? Um, Hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll get back to you. I was also I was, sorry. I was I was taking time to look up how long Jamie and Eric have been married. They got married on April fourth, two thousand nine. So they are double wood and then some. <laughs> They've been married more more than ten years. My drinking yes. game is like ding 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 ding. Sorry. Yeah. Oh man, is that a is that a uh, super idol in your pocket or just a double? What was a double anniversary wood? Double wood. Double anniversary double wood. wood. <laughs> oh man! But talking about relationships, though, the James and Denise interactions—I oh. completely like. As soon as it started happening, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I remember this." Just the quote of, I think James says, if she was a few years younger or I was a few years older, I was like, this is what I need in my life. uh, If she was 10 years younger or I was 10 years older or whatever, Denise would be in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Uh, One of the things that that I... who I fell back in love with uh, when I was doing the rewatch for Historians a few years ago was Lunch Lady Denise. I think it's like her, her Boston accent for some reason, just like when she she's kind of like under the radar. So she gets these like random ass sound bites like, OK, tribe leader, when she's talking to, to John Robert or uh, I was trying to I think I wrote down a couple more. But yeah, she just has all these like random. Uh, Whoa, what is John Robert doing over there? Is he strutting his feathers? Like just all these random Denise sound bites like water that just like uh, it, it sort of pierces the air 
from all the other sort of like relatively down to earth accents that people have. Maybe that's why James and Denise get along so well is because they have the two most noticeable accents on Faye Long. <laughs> is that like a noticeable hat? A noticeable <laughs> accent? Yeah, I think so. If you have an accent that you don't notice, then really you have like succeeded in, I don't know, being able to ingratiate yourself in with everybody else. Wait, do you still have the clips from last week? The Survivor Impression oh, game? I know. I wish I did. I, I do not have them, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I was like, because definitely we did Todd doing the din- and this was before we knew that we were going to do uh, Survivor China for our next mm-hmm. episode, so uh, that was very apt. But uh, but yeah, I wonder what ever happened. You think James and Denise like pursued something? Oh no, I believe actually Denise's husband actually went out for the family visit. So I don't want James to be a homewrecker here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's inter- <laughs> it's interesting though. I like I just want to talk about Jamie and Eric before we get into that because again, like that's another interesting part of this and speaks to, like the relationship and the characters. I feel like. Jamie and Eric are like the redheaded stepchild of survivor couples. Cause like, obviously the gold standard is Robin Amber. And then to a certain extent, you had like Ethan and Jenna for a while. There's been some mentions of like Alex Bell and Kim Powers, but I feel like when people talk about, Hey, people found love on survivor next to nobody on that family feud board, the number 10 answer with barely any responses is going to be Jamie and Eric, but they have been so like just so prolific in their love life after meeting in China. And I think you would be the only person to say Jamie and Eric as well. Mm -hmm. Like I, it doesn't even cross my mind that they're a survivor couple. Like we watched the whole episode. We watched the, you know, sort of start of their romance. And still I was like, (laughs) I'm going to keep it real. I I was going to play it cool. Like I knew this. I had no idea they were married. Until you just said that. And I was going to be like, oh, yes, of course. Sure. But they got the double wood and they have a son. The trifecta. (laughs) I was just like you, Mike, almost. (laughs) What? Because you have a son. Oh, yeah, I guess so. One wood. And half (laughs) half one wood. I got Survivor One Wood. (laughs) (laughs) Most anticipated season of Survivor yet. And it's like Eliza with the stick. Um, that's mm. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, butch collecting firewood. <laughs> and now, now I'm looking at so many interesting things from Jamie Dugan's Survivor Wikia page. Uh, so Eric and Jamie won an eighty thousand dollar wedding, courtesy of the Charleston Area Convention and Visitors Bureau in Charleston, South Carolina, not far from their hometowns in Upstate South Carolina. Is that hmm. a raffle, and or were Jamie, they awarded it because of like they won this wedding from yeah, this I, random I'm, place? I, I don't know. Honestly, I would not be surprised if they happen to win it in a raffle. Like, I don't know if Survivor, because again, if they are sort of like the less regarded Survivor couple, I don't know how much money they're getting of like Survivor's own Jamie and Eric Dugan. Right, especially because like Boston Rob and Amber got you know the like television shows and stuff. Like, where along down the line do Eric and Jamie fall in terms of like television associated awards? Hmm. Speaking of Survivor One Wood, uh, Jamie helped Chelsea Meisner and Katie Hansen to get onto the show. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, also, I was thinking uh, Jeremiah Wood from Survivor Kageon could <laughs> be on Survivor One Wood if we're going to cast, like bring him back. Yeah, I think we could really fill out this cast with any wood based or wood infused. Woody people. from the Circle <laughs> UK. Could he, could he come on? Or the, or the toy. <laughs> or the toy. Both. Yes. Why not both? <laughs> 
All right. Okay. Sorry. I just had an idea. This is a brand steal, Mike. Like, (laughs) it it just, (laughs) whenever you're done festooning your body with tattoos based on brand That's a good way to describe it. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Yeah, I was going to go with making terrible decisions based on brand. No, I pretty much prefer festooning my body with tattoos. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, then maybe we can do the Brant Steel of Survivor one. I was going to say in the off season, but we we are in the off season. So in the off season of the off season, if you're ever allowed, if Rob ever lets you out, uh, we could do this. I like this idea. idea of the double off season. <laughs> like double what? Oh my god! Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Uh, okay, do we have games to play? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do some games. We have a lot. I'm sure many more drinks will come with these games as well. I know I certainly have some stuff linked to the games in, in and of themselves. Uh-oh. It's almost like <laughs> okay. if you knew about the games, it was easier to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any game related. Mine were pretty general. So anyway, I'm excited to share. Uh, all right. Okay. So <clears throat> games. So we are going to go to casuals corner now obviously i couldn't find anything on the survivor facebook page related to survivor china however i found several blog spots (laughs) that were written including one from psychotic dragonfly.blogspot.com whoa that's my burner (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i didn't mean to out you here Allie. Uh, but so what we're going to do is uh, I pulled a bunch of quotes about different people and I, I pulled three quotes from a various subset of blog spots or forums and then I wrote a fourth option. So three so are real. Out, yeah. and the, what, so instead, of, instead of Facebook casuals, it's random bloggers in 2007 plus Allie Lasher. <laughs> Yes, that is correct. So, Allie, yeah, well, Allie's obviously going to have a leg up here because, you know, she wrote half of these, but hopefully she forgot. This is from 2007. So, uh, so, so we shall see. Okay. So, again, your goal is to guess the one that I wrote. All right, Mike, we are going to start with you. So, these are all about Aaron, the man voted off in this episode. Mm. A. So sad because he was such good eye candy. Why do they always vote off the cute hot guys? Wow. See, nothing has changed with the survivor casual opinions in 20 years. <laughs> also, they yep. didn't put out the cute hot guy. Ooh. Well, see, I, I love James. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> B. He looks like a nitwit. Same. C. Boo. <laughs> D. He might be the life of the lifeless party. Neutral on him. Well, okay. Well, that's very <laughs> odd that you call him literally lifeless and then say, ah, he's okay though. He's uh, the life just... of the lifeless party. So, like, of all of the lifeless people, like, he is the life of the Best lifeless. of the worst. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, sort of being like, I don't know, the smartest dumb person or something. Like, it's it's a very uh, edged compliment. Okay, so Quick question. I Can I like... steal when Mike gets this wrong? Sure, why not? I'm psyching <gasps> okay, you out, so... Mike. I'm psyching you out. So, I don't know. C with Boo, it makes me think... It was, this was one season after a contestant named Boo is on it, so I would not be surprised if someone was confused and thought <laughs> this person was Boo. <laughs> so, I think that one could be real. So we have, what, the nitwit. We have super cute. 
and we have Life of the Lifeless Party. <laughs> I feel like you wrote Nitwit. No, that one. Oh, wait. Okay. okay. No. So no. So now Allie has the opportunity to okay. steal. I think the correct one that you wrote, Liana, is number one. Damn no, it. I I wrote boo. No, <laughs> it's like the last one I had to write, and I was like, "Lazy, it's just lazy." The only reason I was so confident that I got hoisted by my own petard here is because I, I was like, when you were going to the answers, I was like, "Oh, there's going to be an answer about him being hot." And then when it was the first one, I'm like, "Oh." Then Liana had the same like. Anyway, all right, who cares? I lost. Well, I'll tell you, my, my logic as well was that uh, this episode, I believe, aired around Halloween. And I thought for some reason, Psychotic Dragonfly would like open a spooky blog post of being like, boo, it's me. Same page. Uh, yeah, no, but good logic there, Mike. Good good job. Okay, well, so do, Allie- do, do bloggers have catchphrases? I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe Allie, you can answer that question. Um, I, I, I don't want to reveal my secrets. Of course. No, of course. Besides your name. (laughs) All right. Well, so, Allie, this question is going to be for you, but then Mike has the opportunity to steal since that's how we're playing now. Uh, This is about Courtney. Perfect. A. I think we have found this year's villain. She is a riot. B. She was disrespectful in her manner at the welcoming ceremony, but I can see if this gal has balls. (laughs) Whoa. C. She is too much like a Gwen Stefani wannabe. Or D. Is she a long lost Olsen twin? Okay. So, Allie, what do you think? I can reread them if necessary. No, I wrote them down. Okay. Well, that was smart. All right, here's I'm <laughs> overthinking this. It's sort of like both of them, it's they're they're couplets here, right? Like it's like one is like, <laughs> she's evil, but she's funny. She's disrespectful, but she has balls. She's like Gwen Stefani, and she's like an Olsen twin. So I feel like it's, you know, it's either one or two or three or four. Because, like, maybe you got inspired by the real one to write the other one. Mm. Okay, so you're saying it's either A or B or C or D. <laughs> but, but, like, really at first, down. when you yeah. said the Gwen thing, I was like, okay, it's definitely one or two. But then you fooled me by having two related ones. I'm going to say number three, too much like a Gwen Stefani wannabe. Okay, so that is incorrect. I want it to be right so bad, Liana. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, well, Mike, I think, has the opportunity to steal here. Oh, so now do I go along with Allie's logic and guess the Olsen twins one? I'm trying Don't to think forget, about, like, I did say it could be A or B also. Yeah, but I'm trying to think, like, where were the Olsen twins then? Like, it was 2007, New York Minute, I feel like, had just dropped. So Olsen twins were at the top of mind. So... I feel like Liana, I know that B was definitely not Liana, because I feel like, you know, we didn't watch any episodes of China before this, so I don't know how much she would have remembered Courtney sassing the monk that was trying to make her pray. Uh, I can't remember if that was A or B. I think that was B. Uh, A was this year's villain. I'm going to go with A. So... No, Allie's logic was correct. I was no. inspired by the couplets. You just chose the wrong couplet. I wrote, is she a long lost Olsen twin? Here's why, Liana. I didn't pick that one. And I'm going to call you out because you laughed when you read it. And I thought you were laughing at the the casual. But no, you were laughing at your own joke as you read it. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Uh. <laughs> so- 
Yes, sometimes they're the things that make me laugh and only me, and I have to laugh at them. Uh, I can, uh, could you imagine Courtney as an Olsen twin, like doing the the Olsen detective agency or like the old Olsen videos that I'm sure we watched? Yeah, if I had a modicum of Photoshop skills, I would take her and put her in on the cover of an Olsen twin movie. Just yeah, like, like Courtney. On I, the I side. tell you, like Billboard Dad. Uh, be a much cruder mock-up on the billboard if Courtney Yates was in charge of that billboard. I would billboard. like it as our first video where they're like five years old, but then her as an adult. <laughs> the three of them are first video. But uh, do the Olsen triplets. I, re- I remember that one of my uh, one of my li- go-to listens was like the Olsen twin CD uh, where they perform like Brother for I Sale. I love Brother for Sale. That was in our first Brother video. For sale. Uh, and Broccoli and Chocolate. Um, I just I loved brother as someone who had a brother that I would have put up for sale at that time. I really connected with the lyrics. There was also really spoke uh, to you. They did a jump rope song, and they asked like the Miami Dolphins to jump in. So they like they made like, they brought in some pretty heavy hitters for their for their CD. They had a mm-hmm. Bill Clinton impersonator in that video playing the saxophone. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, there's a song that's like, um, if I were the president. If I were the president, yes! whatever, and and then like a uh, fake Bill Clinton gets a, a saxophone solo. <laughs> now I know what to get you guys as gifts. For- <laughs> yeah, no, I want a cameo, cameo from fake Bill Clinton. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Someone call Robert Akiva right now. We have an idea. Wait, okay, let me let me read off the uh, the track listings on Mary Kate and Ols- uh, Ashley Olsen's brother for sale. Peanut Butter, Brother for Sale's track number two, so that's not even like the EP. Uh, gonna stay in the bathtub, parentheses, till the soap disappears. Uh, <laughs> what? Cattle Drive, Desperate for a Dog, Hugged by You, Echo, The New Kid, Neighborhood Kitchen Pots and Pans Rhythm Band, which I guess is like a, they're Sergeant Peppers, uh, Fire, Eng- Fire Engine, Uh Oh Accident, I Can't Hear My Parrots Call, Oh no! Uh, identical twins, show and tell, sofa mobile, and finally finishing classy with imagine in parentheses Pachelbel's cannon. <laughs> what? <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. What was the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band ripoff? It was like the neighbor neighborhood pots and pans rhythm band. Neighborhood, <laughs> neighborhood kitchen pots and pans rhythm band. <laughs> to be clear, I just want to issue a correction. The song was called No One Tells the President, not If I Were the President. I apologize. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, no good. one tells the president to do. Um, so, so now, this is the other one. It's I'm the Cute One, which is their other album, which has the tracks. This is the one I remember. Double Up, that's the, the jump rope one where the, the Dallas Cowboys come in. I am the Cute One, of course. Ginger the Talking Horse. Uh, of course, Broccoli and Chocolate, in which they ended up making Broca Chocolate a lot by mixing them together. Uh, I Don't Know. My Horse and Me. The the train, I am a kid. Okay, uh, yakety yak. That's blatantly mm-hmm. someone else's song. One buffalo, two buffalo. That's a great one. One buffalo, That's a good one. two I like buffalo. That. Works for me. Give it a try. Also, I am the cute one is great <laughs> because it was like a ballad about ripping your sister. It's like I am the cute what? one. She's just my oh, sister. Like. <laughs> gotcha like making fun of your sister sorry to interject mike but i had to give some love to that song. no of course and then we also have the popcorn tree uh the aforementioned no one tells the president what to do slash if i were the president <laughs> don't let your mom go shopping what uh, the backwards song box 
We Love to Scream. <laughs> and finally, Mom Song. Was We Love to Scream co-written okay. by Asher? <laughs> yes, I think so. Uh, if people who don't know, my son has taken up. Now he's in the screaming phase, but not in agony, in ecstasy. <laughs> So it's basically like I have a woo girl for a son. <laughs> I also sent you a picture of the fake Bill Clinton from the video. Oh my god! Uh, on text. We uh, okay. All right. So new game. We're doing anagrams of uh, song titles from Mary Kate and Ashley. Also, like I'm gonna come up with them right now. Oh my god, Allie! I'm looking at the fake Bill Clinton right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's an Abraham Lincoln portrait yeah, of in the background. They made a mock-up of the Oval Office. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a giant cheese wheel outside, like out the window. Oh, Did you guys no, see I that? Think, I that's, think that's, that's supposed to be the to, sun? Well, or the St. Louis Arch. I think they got the geography mixed up on this one. <laughs> oh, perhaps. Perhaps. Okay, well, you know, I, I definitely didn't have a Bill Clinton impersonator playing the sax on my drinking list, so that's a new one for sure. Okay, let's get back to the game, or let's right, try to get back game. to the game. <clears throat> um, current score is 0-0, zero, zero, so good job, guys. All right, Mike, this question is for you, and these are all about Amanda. A. She is another of Amber in the making. The question here is, who will be her B-Rob? Mm. B. Despite the beauty queen model pedigree, I like her. Reminds me a bit of Misty from Panama. <laughs> wow, what a pull. I know, right? C. I smell another Danny Boatwright game. Ew. Wait, what? <laughs> D. I don't really have anything against this chick. Dot 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 dot. But I don't see her as a player of champions. Okay. Well, that person in D who went into Morse code in the middle is very slightly insulting, considering what Amanda is going to go on to do, become a, a pretty legendary player in her own right. I feel like you wrote a smelly Danny Boatwright game. Uh, okay, uh, no, that is incorrect. Allie, you have a chance to steal here. Is it the one about Amber? Ding, ding, Boom. ding. That Whoa. is correct. Yes. B-Rob. B-Rob. <laughs> will be her B-Rob. All right, Allie, now you can take a two-point lead here if which, you get which, this question Which, by the way, the answer to that correct. was Ozzy, right? That was her B-Rob? That was definitely her B-Rob. Uh, which, I think if you're going to list survivor couples, it goes Amanda, no, it goes Boston Robin Amber, Amanda and Ozzy, and then all the way down at the bottom of the list, Jamie and Eric. Right, I think like Figgy and Taylor gets in above Jamie and Eric. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Alright, Allie, these are all about Jamie. Okay, A. Jamie, go to the front of the class and retrieve your dunce cap. I thought I was going to like her. Nope, she ended that. B. Jamie is quite a sweet girl. I do like her, but she can't control her giggles, and I think she'll have to pay for it. C. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> More like blamey. <laughs> D. Oh, Jamie, I liked your perkiness and your dimples, but you're dead to me. Okay, well, Whoa. I'm going with the logic that I failed to go with last time, which is the one that Liana laughs at is her own work. So I'm going with C, more like blame me. 
Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you just have to listen to the way Liana opened the podcast yeah. to know that she clearly came <laughs> well, up with blaming. A that's a thing, Mike. I wrote this yesterday while I was like in the middle of doing stuff at work. And that just made me laugh. And then realized that I wrote all of these this morning. They're like, I wasn't Borneo watching Borneo. Like I didn't give myself away here. Uh, but yes, that, that was correct. So, Ali, you definitely have a two point lead here. Now, the other thing that was interesting that I found on one of the forums was someone said, I am 99% sure that Jamie was a finalist in L.A. with me for Pirate Master. Mm, Yeah, I heard that as well as actually on the Jamie Dugan uh, Survivor Wikia page as well. Okay, so I think that would have been very interesting to see her cast on Pirate Master uh, because apparently she did make it to finals there. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, no, who do we like someone drop the compass? Well, let me turn to you, blamey. Blame me. All right, Mike. These are all about Denise. A. I like her. She's just your normal, everyday lunch lady. No big deal. B. Lunch lady, lunch lady, make me a lunch. (gasps) C. (laughs) Why is it that all school lunch ladies look the same? D. She reminds me of Deb Eaton, who is a goddess. Ooh, did you get the last one off of Survivor Sucks? That sounds like their parlance. <laughs> I'm still stuck on Lunch Lady, Lunch Lady, Make Me a Lunch, because that's just, uh, my heart's so warm from Fiddler references. My stomach's full now. Uh, I love that so much. All right. So I, I don't know, but I don't know what if I want to go with that, though, because maybe Liana played into the fact that Allie and I are both Fiddler loving Jews. <laughs> And would like naturally gravitate towards that. Um, okay. What what was C? C was why is it that all school lunch ladies look the same? Yeah, A and C, again, we're talking about the couplets. A and C are like, she's your normal run-in-the-mill <laughs> lunch lady. Which is a weird thing. Like, I don't know what people assume the lunch lady is from, except from like Billy Madison, the one that's a little crazy crazy. I don't know what your typical lunch lady is if you're asked to draw one. But I feel like it's it's got to be one of those. I'm going to go with A. Sorry, Mike, that's incorrect. Now it's up to Allie to steal the okay, point. Give me them again. Uh, B, C, D, if you don't okay. mind. Yeah, so B, C, D, B. Lunch lady, lunch lady, make me a lunch. <laughs> C, why is it that all school lunch ladies look the same? Or D, she reminds me of Deb Eaton, who is a goddess. Let's let's just do it. Let's give the, the people what they want. The people being Mike. Uh, we'll go with lunch lady. Lunch lady, make me a lunch. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes. uh, I did not. I did not think Mike of the whatever you said about we loving Jews or something. We've been profiled. I, we were profiled. I should not say um, because I didn't even think of that at all. So I feel like half um, of that point goes to Mike. <laughs> all right we'll I, give mike half a point for that yay, one. i feel like i win in some regard because now we have a direct like wand off for well this is coming out after the wand off but damn it if somebody doesn't like mentally see this right now as we're recording and record monthly lunch lady make me a lunch like i'm realizing it, i will I be miserable and i'm hungry <laughs> this is a mistake <laughs> like put it out into the universe uh okay ali this last one is for you uh this is all about jean robert perfect a, if he is not one of the most irritating, 
severely over ego inflated jackasses dot 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 i don't know if there ever had one he is plain ridiculous i don't know b if this guy is a professional poker player i'm a professional basketball player c what's up with his underwearless look what i'm looking forward to his boots what was B again? B was if this guy is a professional poker player, I'm a professional basketball player. I'm going Literally to know that. that was actually written by Yao Ming. <laughs> yes, that's correct, Alex. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a lot of people hating on John Robert. It was like uh, hard the, to find ones that were different. The, did you guys notice that actually the probably the people who hated on John Robert the most were the producers because when Jean Hu got the piece of paper to determine like who they circled to send over, Jean Robert's name is spelled John Robert on the piece <laughs> of paper that they got. That is fantastic. I have a bonus um, question for this game. If that's okay. okay, if I may. Go ahead. So I went into the comments on the No One Tells the President music video. (laughs) And there were 120 comments I went through quickly. I have four real comments and one that I've written (laughs) while we were playing the game. Okay. All right. This is, this is, all right. I I like this. I like the pivot to Olsen Twins content. (laughs) We'll go to Liana first. But, you know, we we did a hundred episodes of Survivor content. I think that's enough time before we just pivot specifically into covering the work of the Olsen Twins. Yeah, I think it's time we rebrand, Mike. Like, we have a new direction now. We've done a hundred episodes. That's over. Done. Survivor's over. We're going back to... (laughs) Yeah, screw the B&B. It's the MK&A. Right. Yeah. From, like, what, the early 1990s? Question number one. I mean, comment number one. I love the Olsen twins. Why do they have to be all grown up now? (laughs) 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 Uh, I love them as a kid. Still love this now. Exclamation point. Number three. My whole childhood growing up, I thought that was really Bill Clinton in this video. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Now seeing it again as an adult, I feel very stupid. (laughs) number four quote no one tells the president what to do dot 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 except congress and the supreme court because you know checks and balances and number five i I didn't know antonin scalia (laughs) was writing youtube comments before his passing number five is that president bill clinton Okay, I kind of want to go with the the alley logic that she used on me, which is you laughed at E, and so I'm going to pick E. No, I'm just laughing at how hilarious it is that three weeks ago, three weeks ago, someone said, is that President Bill Clinton? Wait a minute. Was that me? With the St. Louis Arch? All right, Mike, so still four great options for you to pick from. Oh, boy. Well, okay, so we have the person who uh, did not go, went the way of E and further by being like, oh, wait, it definitely isn't Bill Clinton. Uh, We had Antonin Scalia with the checks and balances. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say that you wrote D. I feel like as law-infused Ali Lasher nowadays, was was able to, like, you know, flaunt her knowledge and talk about who actually does tell the president what to do. I stumped you both. I wrote the throwaway. I love them as a kid. Still love this now because that's what I would have commented if I were commenting. Good. I'm glad you didn't write the creepy version of that one, which was A. Yeah, I know. I was worried you were going to pick oh, that. Oh, no. Why aren't they still little kids? <laughs> 
that said, thanks for indulging me on that. <laughs> no, that was great. That was the perfect appendix to this game. It's something that we all needed in our lives. Well, I want to, before we move into another game, I want to ask a question. Because again, like, I am still, you know, I think China is a great season. Like you said, I really love the characters. There's a lot of really great stuff that happens here. But I'm very, very frustrated by this twist. Like, I don't understand why they thought this was a good idea, because much like both tribes talk about, it heavily incentivizes them to just throw the next two challenges and get rid of the two people. Like, when it's only two people, they are heavily outmatched. Well, that's, you know, when you do a random swap, maybe you'll end up in the minority, <laughs> maybe you won't. In this case, if you're picked, it's you and one other person from your original tribe. Like, you are boned no matter what. So I wonder if we can all put our heads together here as we slowly and slowly sink more into this drinking game to figure out, like, is there a better version of this type of thing where maybe it's not an outright random swap, but a way of doing this thing that, is, that does not outright hose two people from getting sent over to the other tribe and basically being set up as targets number one and two? Well, what is it about the twist that you like? You like that like it's not the, random? I like that you can pick. Yeah, I like the idea that you can pick. It reminds me a bit of like, I always like, some of my favorite tr Survivor twists are always when choice is involved. Like, I also liked um, in Survivor Gabon when they had the tribe swap and they like ranked their own tribe and then they would pick other people based on how they ranked on the other tribe. Like, I like this idea of getting a sense of what you, your perceptions of the other tribe affect the makeup of your own tribe. Hmm. Well, what is it? Some is it the issue? What if it was equal numbers? Yeah, I guess the question is because they swapped after four episodes. It was what? It was seven to to five, I think. Right. So and and oh, yeah, because I'm just trying to think of a way to make it so that the the people who get pulled to go over to the other tribe aren't automatically in the minority because that's part of the issue, right? It's like, well, yeah. if you have three to two, or you know, five to two. Yeah, then obviously that's going to be a problem for the people that are on the out. So you can definitely just do the throw the challenge and then vote those people out. Um, so maybe if there's a way to make it even, I think that could be a way to to do that. Or maybe it could be something where it's like you pick the people, but then they form a new tribe all on their own. So that's how you go to mm. three tribes. Well, that would be interesting. Three tribes of four. That would be a little rough. I, I like sort of what I don't know if you guys remember what they did in Guatemala, but it was like. They sort of did like a questionnaire where it was like, who has the most tribe spirit? Who needs food right now? And they sort of gave them different rewards based on that. And then like whoever was left over swapped tribes. I wonder if you can do something like that where like you sort of disguise it where you sort of scatter everybody to the winds and then form new groups just almost randomly, but based on a survey that people fill out or something. <laughs> like a ranking? <laughs> or Or what if you combine like somehow superlatives also with then making the new tribes like this mm. is the uh most popular tribe or something like that oh yeah is I that like too big brothery <laughs> no i think yeah you could do like the most like the top ranking people are on one tribe or or maybe you split up the top ranking people maybe you come up with certain like high school superlatives and that applies you know, mm. like, oh, you were voted uh, most likely to succeed. So you have individual immunity for this round. Mm. Yeah, that could be cool. So, I mean, I guess it's like the whole point is like you want to see the social dynamics of the mm. like how other people interpret the other tribe. 
right? Like, yeah, that's l- the key. Listen, we're, we're told all the time that survivors like high school. Why not bring in yearbook superlatives to really substantiate that point? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like there was even a reference to high. Oh, yeah. James said, if you want to play high school, which uh, really brought me back to what we discussed last week of <laughs> playing homework. But now you're playing high school, which is, I think, like the upgraded, more cool version of that. You know, Ali, as someone who watched Survivor China while she was playing high school, would you want to play high school on Survivor? <laughs> I actually do like or used to like and miss when they did those like surveys of like who who do people yeah. trust the least like that kind of stuff. I'm here for drama. Unsurprisingly, um, I like Liana's idea of of making them steal the people they want the most and then those people become a new tribe the only thing i don't love about it is like i don't want such deep misdirection of like pick your strongest people that you think will strengthen your tribe and then you just created like a third powerhouse that you have no chance against like i do think survivor Mm -hmm. really tried to make you pick people that you would not want to vote out but i think the problem was is that it's too late like they're all anticipating the merge maybe not so early on but like i feel like this would have worked after like the first three days where there's Mm -hmm. still time or maybe the clicks are more like three people two people three like it's not there's enough room to to play there so you could do that sort of on a snap judgment after seeing like one challenge and and then shake it up but uh yeah i agree this was horrible as executed but there is some potential i think to make this work i just don't have it (laughs) well remember Mm. that also what the the sort of one of the big mechanics from the pre-merge was that you could with the reward challenge you kidnap someone from the other tribe and that person would then give an idle clue to someone within the tribe that kidnapped so there was already like some cross tribal stuff going on already (laughs) so like there's there was some cross tribal stuff going on already so it would have been it would have been interesting but to your point like it's one of the fun parts of this episode was Fei Long sees completely through knows what's going to happen Jean Hu for some godforsaken reason thinks that first they're gonna get two people and they're not gonna have to give two people away so they're just like wow seven to five i really feel sorry for them this is gonna be a big turning point in the game yeah i love that and then sharia when like they finally come to go pick up sharia and frosty she's like yeah that was real stupid of us <laughs> yeah I like, I'm like oh like, where are they i guess we're si- the guests are sitting down they must be out of the way <laughs> yeah right where are the people that we're gonna get for free with no ne- negative ramifications for us i will also say i like that the, i don't know if you guys noticed the pens that they were using but they were they were like nice little fancy pens they had like little red and yellow tassels at the end was it a noticeable pen, Mike? It was a pretty noticeable pen. I feel like the most noticeable pen, in my opinion, are the ones that had the koosh balls at the end of it that could not actually work as erasers. But this is like a good silver medal. Oh, like the caps that you would put on the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, right. And then you couldn't have an eraser. I feel like most pen pencil erasers were really garbage anyway, so... You know, yeah. Not only that, but they had, like, the most chilling noise ever. Ugh, I'm, I'm getting, Ugh. like, chills just thinking Ugh. about the noise. Do you guys use pencils? I hate pencils. I don't use yeah. pens. You don't use. What do you write with? I don't write. I write with my fingers. I don't handwrite things. I love handwriting. You things. Finger what, do I, what do I look like? Shakespeare? <laughs> I didn't realize Mike was such an avid finger painter. Uh, I know. I. I mean, I also have atrocious handwriting. Maybe it's because I didn't have enough pencils or pens in my hand. So I genuinely try to stay away from handwriting things because I usually can't end up reading my own chicken scratch at the end of the day. Oh. 
I can't, that's so weird. Okay, but Ali use pens. I I like markers. Like I use a nice papermate flare medium tip uh, in multiple colors. I like to write in like pink and blue and whatever. So I use markers more than anything. Mm, should medium tip be a contestant on one wood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my my pens are extra fine. So I don't like pens that could cut through the paper. Those like sharp. I hate writing with like sharp pens. Mm. <laughs> I didn't realize this was such a problem. I really feel strong. I like a roll. I just have this image of Allie like ferociously poking at the paper until yeah, it like, goes through. No, there are certain <laughs> sharp tip pens that if you like drag, it's like I don't like it. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning so much about it. I just want to imagine pens. like yeah, Ali on Survivor like getting up to vote and then the marker just goes right through the ballot. <laughs> no, but she likes markers, so that markers. would be okay. Yeah, but then Jeff holds up a paper that has a big hole in it. <laughs> That's what you should do, Mike. If we're talking about off 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 season, you can do a brand steal of all of the tribal like pen markers for votes. Oh god. Mm. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what they were. The only one I remember was uh, the one that Alicia couldn't get the cap off of. Wasn't there one that was like a dagger recently? That one I think I remember being pretty cool. I can't remember if the Winners of War one was like some sort of weapon. Uh, mm. But I would also maybe that's one reason why I don't want to go on survivors because I don't like my handwriting and I wouldn't want to handwrite stuff. I'd be like, Jeff, can we get a word processor in here to type up our votes, please? <laughs> I can only type. All right. Well, let's move into our next game here. Uh, and it's one, luckily, that you two get to play because I am running low on my first drink. So I need to to fill up as we do this. And it's good that we're filling up because we're going back to Ireland for this next one. Uh, so Aaron, suffice it to say, was what the survivor community likes to call swap screwed. Uh, it's, the colloquialism usually referred to somebody who like was in a pretty good position on their old tribe and then got swapped into a position where they were a minority on the new tribe. And then very quickly, we're talking like, tribal council after the swap gets kicked off so i have combed through the annals of survivor history to talk about some of the players that were swap screwed and i put them in a limerick so i'm gonna read off a limerick and if you think you know it one of you two is going to to shout your name or whatever you want and take a guess at it. Uh, if you don't get it right, I'll give the other person a chance to guess. If you both don't get it right, then we just move on. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Because again, some of these are uh, very abstract. And some of these are a little more obtuse. As an example, uh, so I'll go back to our man Aaron here. To, to get a sense as to the limericks that you'll be provided here uh, over the next few minutes. <laughs> I'm used to catching some waves. Now I'm with a man who digs graves. Leader of Faelong, till it all went wrong, why did PG and Jamie not behave? And that, of course, is for Aaron Reisenberger. Wait, what? Oh, I thought I was supposed to guess the word, like the last word of the limerick. No, no, you're guessing the person that it refers uh, to. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, all right. Yes, all right. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I, I can figure it out. Yes, I was like trying to figure out. I was like, but it's finished. You finished the lyric. <laughs> like, there's, there's no more room for us. So, um, okay, I have a quick question. Um, do our drinking game rules reply uh, affect us? Like, if I say something that's on my list? Because yeah, I've, I've been so. trying to avoid that. I think so. Okay, so my call-out thing should be something that's not on my list. Well, you can be whatever you want. If you, if you want to get sauce, go ahead, but okay, it's your choice. It. So, Allie, okay. what, what's going to be your buzzer of choice? Wood, obviously. Wood, of course, of course. Liana? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to yell Sudoku. 
Fuck Sudoku. Is that what is do you yell that uh, after you finish Sudoku? Is it sort of like a uh, Jumanji type of thing? <laughs> like you're supposed to call its name or whatever after exactly. you're done. And then, and then all the little numbers go back into its boxes and then it, it gets closed and Robin Williams, you know, is able to shave. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a, a new rule of Sudoku. Okay, and I would like to change mine and it's F Sudoku. Okay, because okay. I was inspired by Ali. Thank you for the reminding me. It's a good reminder. It's a good rule of thumb. It's like our Akuna Matata. Uh, okay, so again, I'm going to read a limerick. This can be any player who was swapped screwed. So again, my definition of swapped screwed. Oh my god, I'm not going to know any went, of these. <laughs> they went into a. They went from a position in their old tribe to in the minority in their new tribe and were voted off right after the swap. So here we go. My second time I hit my peaky debuted with the freakiest freaky. In San Juan del Sur, my game hit the floor. Guess I should have been more sneaky sneaky. Red Wood! I heard, I heard, I heard Bo Wood, so <laughs> Allie? Uh, Kelly Wentworth, who is... That is correct. The only person when you said the swap screwed thing, I was like, okay, I'm gonna know the Kelly one. So now that I've gotten one, good luck, Liana. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Alright. Oh man, okay. All right. So, yes, Kelly Wentworth is correct. For those of you that might not remember, because, again, it was her first season, uh, Kelly Wentworth escaped elimination in the previous episode Liana and I talked about, but the next episode was the swap, and she got voted out alongside her dad. Here's the next one. I'm not afraid to gloat. Got to slit some big winner's throats. They toppled the queen. At least they weren't mean. I regret not killing that goat. Uh, wait... Okay, uh, F Sudoku? F Sudoku. Sandra? That is correct. Say it again. Uh, if you might not, if you might not remember, <laughs> in Survivor Game Changers, Sandra was voted out right after a swap. See, I thought that that oh. was about Denise, but then I was like, but Denise was not swap screwed, so I couldn't buzz in. Yeah. That's so, yeah, okay. All right, yeah. Mm. Yep, so I'm not afraid to gloat. Got to slit some big winner's throats. They toppled the queen. At least they weren't mean. I regret not killing that goat. That indeed yes, was Sandra it. and Game Changers. Okay, they toppled the queen. That was what... So I thought they referred to the person... Yes. ...that this was uh, yeah. about. Yes. Oh, yeah, so okay. I should mention, these are all inferred per- So it's first from the person. POV of the swap screwy. Yes, as if they, like... If they, if they penned an ode in whatever marker or pen that they wanted to, this is what it would be. Okay, gotcha. All right, here's this next one. To the women, I was a scourge, because I whispered, think of the merge. Wore a shirt with Bob Barker, Amy made me a martyr, but at least the younger guys I did purge. (laughs) Wore a shirt with Bob Barker? To the women, I was a scourge, because I whispered, think of the merge. Wore a shirt oh. with Bob Barker. Amy made me a martyr, but at least the younger guys I did perch. Ah, oh, shit. Um, I mean, ah. Uh, why am I blanking on this? Think of the. Oh my god, I can like hear that quote. Mike, this is your fault. We should play this game first. <laughs> All this wood talk has really done me in. Um, Allie, do you have a guess? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, okay. F Sudoku. Yes, Liana. The Bill Clinton impersonator. Oh, I'm so, so close, but I'm sorry. <laughs> it is not him. It is Travis Bubba Sampson from Survivor oh, Vanuatu. Oh, of course. Yes. Of course. 
Yeah, people might not remember that Bubba wore a shirt that had Bob Barker on it for some reason. Oh, yeah. No, I I did not remember that part. But the think of the merge, I can like hear him because he whispers it, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Oh, gosh, dang it. Okay. Yeah, he All was right. he was a uh, part of the, the older men contingency on his old tribe and then he gets swapped over where I think it's like him and Rory against all the women. And because he got caught flat footed, they decide to get rid of him. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Here's the next one. I like when you call me Chip. With the old and young, I had a grip. With the first ever switch, my game hit a glitch. Damn it, T-Bird, why did you flip? Okay. So... Yes, Allie. (laughs) Is it Silas? That's correct. Because I cheated. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell, Allie? (laughs) I cheated and then buzzed in and then was like, fuck, no one's going to believe that I knew this. So I'm going to have to admit to cheating. <laughs> I still, you know what? A cheated point. It's a dirty point, but a point nonetheless. Yes, that is correct. It is Silas Gaither, the first ever person I would argue swap screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. Here's Sorry, your next one. I won't one. cheat this time. I just won't get it right. <laughs> you can know you can cheat all you want. Listen, this is a hard game. So like, honestly, if it's between cheating and getting the right answer or not cheating and getting the wrong answer, like, let's break the rules. Okay. Yay. No one tells the president <laughs> what to do. Why should I tell you what to That's do? That's honestly right, so you. dark. <laughs> all right. Here we go. From a country whose people are nice and my speaking is rather concise. But those swapped from Vokai had me saying bye-bye and put my gameplay on ice. So what I'm hearing is well, this is a person who's from a nice country it, it, and mm-hmm. was swapped screwed on the season with the tribe named Vokai. But yeah. someone from the Island of the Idols, because that was Vokai, right? You keep talking through this. Is that right? <laughs> okay, we're just going to logic our way through yeah. this. <laughs> okay uh let's see so survivor island of the idols when did the swap happen because who would have gotten wait can you say again from a country whose people are nice and oh, my sp- oh 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 f sudoku f yes liana tom laidlaw that is correct because he's canadian he's canadian the country people are nice uh, his speaking is rather concise and put my gameplay on ice he of course is a retired hockey player oh yes oh yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> that season was like what uh less than a year season? ago <laughs> yeah like last fall like, to be fair there's a, a there was ago. a lot more stuff to talk about for bad and for good from island to the idols than tom laidlaw so it makes sense <laughs> if he didn't make the chat here I was I thought that you would put something about like a flower in his hair or something because like that's the the other thing I remember about Tom Laidlaw but that's okay we got there eventually all right here's your next one reality shows make me grin as did every time my tribe would win grouped with people who heal posed by a secret deal to which people may say put it in oh oh me Uh, wood wood no yes Allie work yes (laughs) <laughs> okay, wait, wait. So I knew it was Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, but then ex- what did that put it in other lines? Put it in Rourke. So rea- reality oh, show. Put it in Rourke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and reality shows make me grin. Obviously, she's appeared on you know many of our podcasts. Every time my tribe would win, you know, healers won everything. Group of people who heal posed by a secret deal that was the Chrissy and Ryan thing, to yeah. which people may say, "Put it in." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Here's another one. This one's a bit of a harder one. 
Do you remember? Oh. Do you remember the bearded man, part of a doomed group of fans? Getting swapped was a thriller till they kept in vanilla, and now I'm a podcast kinsman. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. So someone from Wait, Wood. Oh, yes, Allie. Is it Matt Bischoff? It's Matt Bischoff. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a hard one. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even cheat. You said that it was the big beard, and he's got the podcast with Johnny Fairplay, and he was on the mm -hmm. fans tribe. Nailed it! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I just think I mean, he's probably one of the less regarded. Like, I feel like when you make a list of people who are swapped, screwed, it's like him or like Jackie from Gabon, who will not be mentioned in this podcast. Who like as like the most uh, people that people don't really necessarily remember as a like, character, let alone someone who was swapped. Because well, that's screwed. how you and Liana play this game. <laughs> smart like thinking about who's swap screwed i love rourke i didn't even know she was swap screwed like i'm playing from <laughs> the clues and if you made a list of notable bearded men he would be like number one or two on survivor well especially his post survivor beard which has just like become rapunzel like and so length. it's like uh you know that's you gave me bearded man fans all right i guess matt was swap screwed i don't remember that but <laughs> Yeah, direct like math, right? It all it all gets figured out. Yeah, right. I'm looking at his Instagram right now. That thing is like to the floor. It's like his beard. He's like made it into like one dread. So it's like a normal length beard. And then there's sort oh, of like this dreadlock. One dread? Yes, one dread. And it's just like coming all the way down. Maybe it's a... Is it real? It's gotta be real. This is from June 18th. This isn't that long ago. Yeah, I mean, oh my I, think, I think he just kept growing it after, probably after Survivor, which was what, like seven years ago at this Wait, point? there are some occasions where oh he just tucks it into a shirt uh, four days ago on a fishing trip. He's it, it's tucked in. <laughs> That's incredible. You think he could, like throw it over his shoulder like a continental soldier? <laughs> <laughs> Not a song I thought would be referenced, but I also didn't think we would be talking about the Olsen twins' yeah, discography. That, so. that might be a B-side on Brother for Sale. I'm shocked at this. <laughs> Yeah, this is crazy. I feel like that's a liability for the challenge for like challenges, right? If if he, if he were to like come back again for some reason, I don't think we have to worry about that. That's... Yeah, I don't, think... <laughs> I don't think so either. All right. Well, here's the next limerick for you two. With some players who people abhorred, till one world just went out the door. I'm a lady who's neat. Husband had a five, what? Pete. But who am I oh, doing it for? Yes, Monica Allie. Culpepper. That is correct. Yeah, neat lady. Got it. Neat lady. Husband <laughs> had a five, I? Pete. But who am I doing it for was the last line. Aw, Monica. All right. Here's your next one. My snake fans got a load of, <laughs> and the onions, they fit like a glove. Threw an idol away, voted out the next day. Just call it a labor of love. <laughs> Sorry, the first the first person I thought of wait, can you say that again? My snake fans got a load of, and the onions they fit like a glove. Threw an idol away, voted out the next day, just call it a labor of love. Okay, I have no okay, wait, uh F Sudoku. Yes, Liana. So I'm just going off of the first line. Chris Underwood. It's not Chris Underwood. Darn. I did see his snake though. Ooh. Yes, Allie, do you have any any guesses on that <laughs> of note? Of course not. 
You know it when <laughs> I have a guess. <laughs> we have, we, we, Liana has, I think, the more recent snakes on her mind, but we forget once upon a time when Marcus from Survivor Gabon had his snake hang out just a tad during oh, Survivor Gabon. Oh, now I get it. I was about to say he's on Labor of Love, but then I realized that was in, that was in the limerick. <laughs> <laughs> that like literally was a clue <laughs> yes yeah, so uh, Marcus obviously had that incident he was part of the onions he was the one who threw the idol away and yes he is indeed on labor of love where spoiler alert no, for no, labor no, of no, love spoil it. Uh, don't spoil it okay <laughs> then he's on the show at some point <laughs> oh my god I'm looking at okay Wait, Mike, yep, do you want mm-hmm. me to take my headphones out so you can say it and then I'll come back no I'm not gonna okay. say anything and listen it's it's, a, it's fine it's fine Watch Labor of Love. It's a very goofy romantic show for this time. Uh, uh-huh. It has a surprisingly like, steady group of people because they're in their late 30s, early 40s and don't want to you know, uh, give out flat tummy tea. So they have like career aspirations. Should uh, I watch Labor yes. of Love? I think you'd like I think you'd like at least the first couple episodes, which are fun. Okay. They, I've I've memorably told people to watch the first episode because they make all the guys J.O. into a big truck uh, to test <laughs> their fertility. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not in a truck. Like the way you just said it was into a big truck. Like they're all lined up. There's a big truck miles away and they're just shooting. Yeah, the it's a, it, they start with a fear factor stunt where Joe Rogan comes on and says, guys, you got J.O. into that truck <laughs> like the doctor's office is in the truck yeah they sort of have like uh, a mobile fertility test f- uh, facility so gotcha. like they have like little it's almost like we had this for our wedding speaking of the wood anniversary once again where nope. we would have like the bathrooms like in a, a mobile unit that was right outside the tent that we had the reception in and so it, it's sort of like that <laughs> Okay, that's not, I mean, yes, I understand. Thank you. That's not where I thought you were going when you said we had that at our wedding. Um, But (laughs) that's okay. We got it. All right. Here's your next limerick. Stranded with a strange bunch of beauties with a pair of ace. Oh, wait, that doesn't rhyme. (laughs) Oh, um, uh, uh, Sudoku. Yes, Liana. (laughs) F Sudoku. Is it Anna? It's Anna Kate. <laughs> even though your inability to rhyme, I got it from Beauties and Ace. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so the full thing, even though it doesn't rhyme, uh, stranded with a strange bunch of beauties with a pace of air aces up my sleeves. Uh, the heat gave me a cool head. The swap made me draw dead. Just please don't look at my tweets. And yes, it indeed is Anna Kate. Sleeves. I like that you got sleeves and beauties. Sleeves. Sleeves. Mm. And then please don't look at my tweeties. <laughs> don't look at my tweeties. Let's start calling it that. Uh, well, congratulations, Allie. In spite of you coming in very trepidatious, you won this game. There you go. Well, once I cheated, are we tied if you get rid of the cheating point? No, cheating is included <laughs> okay. here. We play dirty on the B&B. We're chaotic evil in this podcast. Well, that is very true. Cheating's part of the game. Sudoku, Fine. am I right? <laughs> Wood. Yeah, no Sudoku allowed at the B&B. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we are an anti-Sudoku fictional bed and breakfast <laughs> or whatever we are. Yeah, the only anti-Sudoku fictional bed and breakfast you'll see for miles. That's right. Take a very strong stance on this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, do I have anything else I want to talk about? <laughs> Story of my life. Like, That's a where, great question. Where do I even go from here? Oh, actually, okay, yes. So, this is what I wanted to talk about because I forgot to talk about it uh, during our Casuals Corner segment. Um, 
So there was one blog spotter that wrote rules uh, or like lessons, I guess, Ooh. for each person that was voted out. Uh-oh, and so I have a few of them Doomberg? here. Well, <laughs> don't scheme and plot too much. Um, no, uh, they reminded me a little bit more of like the Ron Clark rules. Actually, that oh. was what I sort of felt that they uh, in, were inspired by or the Ron Clark rules were inspired by this blog post, perhaps. Um, so I want to read a couple and you guys can work together if you want. We don't have to make this a competition um, just because some of them uh, sort of made me laugh. So, OK, lesson number six was don't be too loud and don't make enemies. So this is someone who was voted out of this season of Survivor China. So your list to pull oh. from is the people, vo- the cast of Survivor Can China. Can I choose myself? Don't be-, don't be too loud and don't make enemies. I break that all the time. <laughs> yes. yes, the hidden 17th option is Allie Lasher. Junior yeah. from junior high school junior, Allie Lasher fits this so criteria. Wait, so we're picking someone, sorry, who broke this rule. I it's In unclear. So, so, all right, so let me give you an example. So the lesson that was for PG was you need to think ahead always. So like that wasn't her problem. So she she excelled so, in that potentially. Yeah, exactly. So, sorta, yeah. I don't know. Look, this is a blogspot post from 2007. Right, I, okay, I, I don't know. Should read it one more time? I'm sorry. Okay, yes. don't be too loud. Don't make enemies. I know who it's not. Hmm. Is anyone else drunk? <laughs> <laughs> this is why you you hit a mocktail like, up at two in the afternoon, Mike. Yeah, this is a, right. not a good decision to be a, on my second rum and coke that has a way too much rum on it. Yeah, retrospect. you sent us a photo at eleven of it chilling, literally on ice, and it was a vat. <laughs> and far be it from okay, me right, to shame about- you. About how much you're drinking, but well, I I don't know because I think my I think I'm figuring this out though. I think the drunkenness is allowing me to access new parts of my brain. I'm gonna guess Sharia. No, that's incorrect. What? Uh, the other parts of your brain apparently are not uh, not tapping not like into the real answer here. Declines like potentially your mobility or ability to drive right now, and the other is heightened in terms of your ability to guess survivor things. <laughs> yeah, can I guess Todd? Uh, no, it was Dave, actually. Oh, I could see that. Dave did yeah. make enemies, and he was pretty loud oh, see, as well. I was picking like tr- it based on the PG clue. I feel like I interpreted this wrong. All right, no. See, like, that's the thing. All right, well, how about this one? This one might be a little bit easier. People don't like old people and rednecks. Oh, that's chicken. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's yes, that's correct. Chicken. It's <laughs> <laughs> my new catchphrase. Uh, uh, here's. <laughs> Ooh, what you cooking it at? Is that chicken? Okay, you can add that in F Sudoku to your list of new catchphrases that Mike really wants to implement. Uh, all right, lesson number 10 is don't be a bimbo. <laughs> oh. I mean, that, I, unfortunately, I feel like that has to I be I was Jamie. like, I don't want to say anyone because I don't want to be calling anyone a bimbo. <laughs> uh, yes, the, no, that was just, Jamie. This, this, uh, was, this was Blavid Doomberg. <laughs> well, well, I wonder, did he write this one? Uh, lesson number eight, survivor romances are good. Jamie? Oh, that's a hot take. Eric? Yeah, that was okay. about Eric. Unfair that <laughs> Jamie's uh, is don't I, be a bimbo and Eric's is survivor yeah. romances are good. <laughs> Or should, should his rule be like tell people you're a virgin? <laughs> be a virgin. <laughs> yeah. Be a virgin. <laughs> be a, rule number eight. Be a virgin. 
Uh, yeah, unfortunately, some of the internalized misogyny is probably, not, you know, coming out clear here. Uh, but anyway, yes. So I thought that that was some of these were very interesting. Uh, Aaron's was do not be a leader. Um, you know, well, I'm intrigued. Which, what was Jean Robert's? All right, let's go and see. Jean Robert's. Oh, his was do have a strategy. <laughs> oh, okay. He did have a strategy. What? His strategy was to be a lazy ass the first half of the game. And so then when he started doing work, people would be like, oh, John Robert's getting better. You know what's interesting? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. This one person did like that. Uh, yeah. Alec, what's interesting ahead. about Aaron's being don't be a leader is like, I don't really feel like that's why he got voted out. No, I guess maybe he was picked from John who because he looked like a leader, you know, because he was strong. But I also feel like compared to the other people, no offense to the people that were left behind on Faye Long. But like you clearly pick an athletic male here, right? If you could. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, I think you pick James for sure for multiple reasons. And then, you know, who who else do you try to pick? I mean, I think the because who it was Frosty and Sharia yeah. is what. Yeah, because yeah, I guess who would you pick? Like, you're not going to pick Jamie. You're not going to pick PG. Do you pick Eric, maybe? Maybe, but I feel like Sharia should have. I mean, the, her whole narrative, right, was like she was saving her strength for the challenges. So she showed she was like a challenge beast, even more so right. than Eric. I also loved how all the way in the beginning of this podcast, uh, Allie was like, oh, I remember these fond characters like PG and John Robert and Frosty. And it's like, this is the most I have thought about Frosty well, in a good five so, years. So, in terms of the characters, it's like Frosty is memorable probably because of his name right like it's just like you re- i just remember mm. frosty well for whatever reason some people just like it's an earworm like they get stuck in your head <laughs> frosty no, the I'm earworm with- survivor contestant <laughs> no i'm with Allie here like i also had the frosty earworm i think because i really remembered frosty and like i can't tell you anything he did on this season but i, I re- like have very clear him, memory uh, of him. He popularized parkour on Survivor. Like he was the guy who I remember in the first episode was like jumping from wall to wall. He was also like the first baby contestant. Like he was like twenty years old and lied. He was twenty one. We're forever grateful for oh. him uh, bringing parkour to Survivor. <laughs> the thing that everyone remembers now a true facet of the game of Survivor parkour. Thank the you, evolution Frosty. of strategy. Yes, thank you, Frosty, for bringing that to our television screens. Hashtag thank you, Frosty. <laughs> Yes, Mike. That's nice. Frosty just had a really fun little penguin shirt on, too. So maybe I, I have more appreciation for Frosty than I would initially think. Uh, not a Bob Barker shirt, but yeah, we'll take it. Close enough. Uh, okay, now what? <laughs> well, let, I, maybe before we sort of finish things <laughs> off and go into the charity and all that, we should reveal the drinking game rules. Because I would be intrigued. I'm sure we did not count how many drinks we had taken, but I would be intrigued to see what we made for each other's list. So, Allie is the guest of honor. Let, let's start with you. What was part of your B&B drinking list? Okay. So, should I read them all, or should we go around, like, around the horn? Should I just read one? No, no, read, 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 them, read, them, read, them, read them off, because I'm sure there'll also be, like, one. I'd be intrigued to see if there were ones that we matched, you know? Okay, so I had, as my first rule, I don't think anyone did it. Uh, anytime you make fun of how stupid something is, like on the B&B like maybe it's the yeah, that's very surprising we didn't do this this episode Mary Kate and Ashley thing where you just like react incredulously about just the whole activity we're doing here um, mm-hmm. then number two I had Puya or Angela mentioned that happened twice before I stopped counting uh, one time because of me but <laughs> still um, <laughs> uh, I put a joke answer choice I thought maybe we'd get that's more of a Kalish thing I threw it in we didn't get any of those Sexual mm. innuendo off the charts. <laughs> yeah, completely blew it out of the water. Uh, I put anytime a, the tattoo is mentioned, that happened at least once. Uh, I put strange <laughs> confession thing. about young Mike or young Liana. 
<laughs> we got yeah i had that on there we tell it we tell a story from our childhood that's on mine <laughs> but it was like someone tells a weird story from their childhood so i feel like i hit that with pam jansen but i did not trigger my own because i specifically wrote young mike or young liana i think we got it with mike mm. enjoying the olsen twin cd um <laughs> I put, this didn't happen, but I do love when this happens on the podcast. Liana or Mike momentarily speechless at something the other one said. (laughs) And then I had impersonates a survivor, which I counted for. Yeah, thank you, Denise. (laughs) Okay, all right. right. What do you have? Yeah, so I I had the someone tells a weird story. Um, I had Mike laughs maniacally. Uh, Mike makes a pun. Allie says we've been new. Oh. Um, Allie self self deprecating humor, which we got at the beginning. Oh, I had that as well. Allie says something self effacing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Then also some more general stuff. I had, of course, uh, genitalia jokes, which really did me in sixty nine and four twenty, which is why oh, I asked I had that too <laughs> about my calling in uh, <laughs> because that was one of my rules. And then I also had white people phrases. So this is something that we had talked about last week. Um, and so I had Puya come up with as many white people phrases that he could think of. So those oh, so included okie dokie. So okay, 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 okay. Can we can we go through like you a list one and then we can say if we've said it before. Okay. Okie dokie. Yep. I guilty. Say as charged. Get out of here. Okie dokie. <laughs> really? Uh, okay. Bucko. That's no. a, that's like a right. Helga Pataki. I love this, by the way, because I texted Liana like I need to hear more about the white people phrases from Puya that was killing me. So I'm so happy this happened. Yeah, I was like, we're going to talk about it. Uh, all right. Uh, son of a gun. That feels like Michael. Ooh. I, that, we have not gotten to a point yet where Asher is at a, a level of mental capacity where he can like understand that we're swearing to him. But once mm. he does, I'm going to, I think, veer into that territory. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what about hold your horses? <laughs> I, I, oh, I do like that I sometimes. That. <laughs> okay. Uh, ready, Freddy. Can I ask, Liana, are Ooh. you somehow excused from having to confess whether you've said these phrases because <laughs> Puya handed you the list? You don't have to yeah, own we, it? We all enter confessional here, Liana. You got to okay, confess I, to the friar or whoever's in the confessional. All right. 100% okie dokie. Definitely son of a gun. Definitely hold your horses. Probably ready, Freddy, but I can't remember off the top of my I head. I feel like I'm a big ready, Freddy. Uh, could, 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 could we do like a different? Could there be a different version of Ready, Freddy? Like uh, prepared, cared. No. <laughs> what? Like what? Ryan, Wait, what? Allie, that triggers your rule of us being <laughs> silent in awe of something the other person said. Still in effect. Still in effect. I also had part uh, of two okay. Liana's in terms of a match. I just forgot to read it, but anyway, okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Uh, it has a little bit of a kick to it. <laughs> I definitely I say that so many times. I love Puya yeah. so much. In fact, to the point where I was sipping, I was going to sip my second rum of Coke and be like, ooh, this has a bit of a kick to it. So you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay, here, here's one that I definitely say all the time. I'm just going to sneak right on past you. Oh my god, yes. That is that is like a, the our hot soup coming through. Yep. Uh, fancy meeting you here. <laughs> oh my okay. god. Stop we it. Stop interrupting my brain. We need a tearless Tuesday of these phrases. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other one that he really doesn't like is see you next year when it's like December. Oh, I hate those. And then people say see you next year. Uh, the other one is when you say me too, someone says me three. That one I'm very much guilty of. Wait, d- me three is a white people's phrase? Look, dude, Wait, I don't I know. Like- <laughs> this is just what he tells <laughs> me. 
phrases Puya doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last one here is uh oh SpaghettiOs. I feel like I could see Puya uh, saying that. <laughs> mm, I also think that me three is what Allie wanted me to do on my anniversary, <laughs> right? That's like the phraseology. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Uh, and it's and so the ones that I had for our drinking game. Let's see. I had I had Liana gets an answer right or I get an answer wrong, which suffice to say happened a good number of times. Uh, I had Boston Rob is mentioned, which really got me. I think that was the big one because we mentioned him so much, comparing him to Jamie and Eric. Of course, Ali has to say something self-effacing. We tell a story from our childhood. The number of four twenty or sixty nine is mentioned. We thirst after a survivor contestant. Thanks, James. Uh, <laughs> And finally, Liana blames me for a badly worded question. Which I thought like also could be a Kayla. Sort one. of happened with the limericks when we didn't understand the rules. <laughs> or when I accidentally made one not rhyme at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> okay, well, this was... Uh, I, I cannot like get the smile off my face from from all the fun we got to have here talking about like sometimes Survivor China, but also mostly about the work of the Olsen <laughs> twins and some other stuff as well. This was supremely fun to end off the podcast. We started doing this last week. Uh, we want to use our platform to amplify a lot of marginalized voices and a lot of stuff that's going on, obviously, outside the B&B in this very important time. And Leon, uh, I, Ali, as the guest... <laughs> Oh, yeah, Lord. it's good. Good thing we wrap. We're wrapping this <laughs> yeah, up now. <laughs> all right. Well, Allie, uh, as our fantastic guest this week, uh, we, we wanted to give you the opportunity to plug any charity of choice that you would like us and the listeners of the BNB to donate to. This I week. do have one thing I want to say after this, uh, but it's not appropriate to say now. No. So I love that you guys are doing this. This is really awesome. Um, I. I'm sure a lot of people who've been looking into places to spend their time or their money, their resources, um, get overwhelmed. I also got overwhelmed picking just one. So I picked three and, and these are just places I Amazing. donated to today. Uh, check out the work they're doing. They also have a lot of resources for educational purposes. Um, so feel no pressure to, to donate if you can't. Um, but I picked, uh, First, I picked the Detroit Justice Center, which does a lot of work in Detroit um, to create economic. I'm, I pulled their own description of them themselves. Uh, they create economic opportunities, transform the justice system and promote equitable and just cities. Uh, they're doing a lot of work to um, remedy the impacts of mass incarceration and building up those who are impacted through offering direct services. Um, so Detroit Justice Center. Um, I also uh, gave a donation and think that this is a great place to check out for resources, the Brennan Center for Justice, which does comprehensive work on voter combating voter suppression, which I think as we head into November is extremely important. They're also looking at ending mass incarceration, mm -hmm. reforming money in politics, gerrymandering, um, all of this work to ensure that every American can vote, which is hugely important and disproportionately affects uh, minority communities. Uh, and then. The ACLU, which is really just a one-stop sh one shop 
um, working to advance and protect individual rights and liberties of all people through litigation and lobbying efforts. They're doing a lot of work right now in protecting protesters' rights and prisoners' rights, which is particularly important in light of the COVID pandemic um, and everything going on right now. Uh, I think one one thing that's great about the ACLU is you can donate nationally or you can donate to specific chapters. I made a donation to the Michigan chapter. Um, so if there's an area that's mm-hmm. of particular importance to you or especially local chapters dealing with vote, combating voter suppression like Georgia, um, that's a great place to check out uh, as well. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Allie. And thanks for coming with so many <laughs> options. I love it. Like, can't pick just one. There's so many causes. And I think that that's what's so important right now. Yeah, and I think that's also what we're, we want to uh, hopefully emphasize in the weeks to come as well is that, you know, there are so many different causes that you can either, uh, you know, spread your financials or even just your support to in terms of, you know, using your own platform or social media to amplify as well. And so thank you again, Allie, for bringing that and for just being an awesome guest in general. Uh, we were able to ring in episode 100 of the bnb in style with hopefully many more episodes to come for people who want to uh keep on with your other podcasting work uh how has the challenge been this season and how can people follow you and your podcast on social the media challenge been, has been good i think people feel like brad and i after six years have finally hit our stride of podcasting there's been <laughs> very favorable feedback so thank you for uh, just joining us now um no i think that you know i it's been a lot of fun you could go to rob as a website.com slash challenge i we just had a great guest on Mofi joined us um, and we had a lot of fun uh, last night talking about the episode uh, that got dropped today. I will be on. Um, I don't know. If, well, I don't care. I'm going to be on uh, Renapoli <laughs> Squares tonight uh, on Renap. So by the time this drops, it will be dropping my my album. My album is dropping is dropping. Um, so you could check that out as well. I also want to say, I mean, you guys know I'm obsessed with you both. I said to Luya, Liana and Puya, but I, this goes double for Mike also, uh, double wood for Mike that, you know, try to lose me as a fan, guys. I, I love you guys. I love the show. It's so much fun to come on and, and do this nonsense with you. Um, I don't know how you think of these things. One thing I want to say, I meant to say at the beginning, but forgot all day. I've had this stuck in my head in preparation for coming on here. You know the song like Boom Clap by Charlie XCX, whatever. It's like Boom Clap. (laughs) All I can think of is Boom Tat. (laughs) And I really want someone talented to write a a little ditty of that for the Bloom Tats. Okay, okay, sad. Uh, spoiler alert, I believe we should be determining who the victor of that season is sometime within the next seven days. So yeah, the <gasps> time is ticking, people. It's either going to be Lunch Lady, Lunch Lady, Make Me a Lunch, or Bloom Tats, <laughs> whichever you're choosing is. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that one, but I'm very happy <laughs> we, we got to that place. And Allie, the pleasure is all ours. And also, I'm all in on Luya being the portmanteau. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. That's on me. <laughs> I I can't remember. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that like our names together are not great because um, we get a lot of Pianya kind of <laughs> things. It's like really not the best. <laughs> so, so we'll take Luya for sure. It sounded like Mike um, was impersonating my laugh the way I heard it. Did you hear that? No, I realized I was giggling, but then I realized I sound like Goofy. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Mike laughs maniacally is on my list. So, so cheers, drink. everyone. Drink up, me hearties. Uh, no, I mean thank you so much, Allie, for coming on and. Pers- participating in all the weird shenanigans that we come up with and being game to do this really stupid idea that we right, came up with on, on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, well, you can find me on social media at Liana RHAP uh, talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, which is now we're doing um, All Stars season five. And then we're going to definitely do some sort of Canada coverage. We're just trying to figure out exactly what that oh, yeah, means. That's a thing. Yeah, that is also a thing because apparently RuPaul's Drag Race had like three seasons in the can if you consider the international we version. Think Ru so, knew? Uh, <laughs> like how did how did what like, the Canada no, happen? We were going to be in quarantine. Like how did the, I don't understand how Drag Race. No, had- I don't know because if that, if that's the case, then I still disagree with their decision to drop celebrity Drag Race during a Drag Race season because they had four episodes they could have used to clearly stretch out the off season that they chose not to do. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what so their that, plan okay, was, that's the but- only way I'll accept that Rue didn't know in advance. You've proved me wrong. <laughs> yes that is the one line of logic there uh so anyway so yeah that's a thing that's happening all right uh, and you can always follow me at a mike bloom type uh you can check out the top chef podcasting we're doing every week as we segue into the off season uh we're trying to figure out what the hell is next it's like a lot of people in this world from a from a podcast perspective. Uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of food stuff in the weeks to come, but we're not entirely sure. So if you have suggestions, let us know. Also going down the hatch with Josh Wiggler as we are nearing the end of season two of Lost as the titular hatch is coming to an end. But the podcast is certainly not. I mentioned before, but my tattoo is going to be determined at some point this week. I have no idea how to feel about that, but I guess it's also going to be determined by what the actual tattoo is. And also, it was mentioned before, but I was actually on uh, Puyas, one half of Luya's uh, Twitch the other day to do uh, a Tier Tuesday about 90 snacks. Actually, a two-part uh, Tuesday into Thursday because something happened with the internet, but that was a lot of fun. And also, speaking of Twitch, at this point, Liana and I, along with a bunch of other RHAP people, will have participated in the aforementioned PG's uh, Twitch stream of Secret Hands, I believe is what it's been called. So we'll see. I don't know. Liana is, is merciless when it comes to these games and lying straight to someone's face. So I'm quite frankly very fearful of her and what's to come. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the thing that I will say is Booyah always has the wrong read. So if he says something, the opposite is usually true. She's already true. playing the game. She's already started. Oh my god. This is pre-gaming. I've already started. Oh my god. Okay, our secret word, Mike, will be neighborhood kitchen pots and pans rhythm band, okay? So. Yeah, I think we can definitely surreptitiously slip that into any conversation and won't get any notice whatsoever. Very natural. Let's just do it. Alright, so thank you all so much for listening. We're going to be back next week. We're going to keep going with our journey in time here on the B&B. Uh, we don't oh, know what, what are we the doing episode- next? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay. We haven't been told yet, so uh, you'll hear it first on the Wiggle Room, and we'll be along for the ride. We'll find out next time. Uh, quite frankly, I don't know if I would get the episode right at this point, considering my BAC level. <laughs> but that being said, thank you all for tuning in to not only this insane podcast, but the 99 insane podcast that preceded it. This has been, bar none, some of the most fun, fun podcasting I ever got to do and ever get to do. And it's it's first and foremost because of Liana, who has just been an incredible partner in crime and, and one of the people I love to talk with, whether it's on mic or off. And whether we're talking about Survivor or literally everything in the world tangential to Survivor, we have such a great time doing it that I hope it reflects and impresses onto the listeners as well. And and we're just going to keep going through maybe 200, 300. Who's to say what happens with Survivor? But the B&B will always be open for many puns, 69 and 420 references and much, much more. To all our listeners, I love you all. Keep on playing like fake Bill Clinton in a Mary Kate and Ashley video.
And of course, a very special shout out to the person with the patience of a saint to let me record all these stupid and silly podcasts. Angela Bloom, I love you. Happy Wood Anniversary.